Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Howdy folks, it's good old J.R. Jim Ross, pro wrestling broadcaster and barbecue enthusiast, inviting you to join me every week for my podcast, The Ross Report, right here on Podcast One. Each week, I talk to the biggest stars in sports entertainment. We talk about the news of the day, MMA, wrestling, football, and much more. Recently, I've talked to such folks as Chris Jericho, Kane, Sonny, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and Emmy winner, Rory Carp. Download and listen to The Ross Report every Tuesday at PodcastOne.com, the brand new Podcast One app. And be sure, folks, to rate and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that story about you, don't we, Matt, the motorator, DeAndre, over there? How you doing? Doing good, man. Getting a little uh, tacroversy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good I'm, Monday morning fodder. I'm working on tacos. I got thoughts about tacos, man. My, <laughs> I, my theory is, and I've worked it out, I've always... Long, I've, I've always had my suspicions, but I just confirmed them. Nobody likes chicken tacos. They all want steak. I We've, I hit every I hit everybody at the other shop from the artsy fartsy editing side yeah. to the blue collar honesty nuts and bolts of the uh, guys who uh, turn the, the wrenches yeah. over there. Uh, from uh, this side of the shop, we have all creeds shapes and sizes over here everyone prays they're a different god they all except for dylan who all who's went, wrong all went dylan? for steak tacos <laughs> all steak number one chicken not even second third it's it goes steak pork chicken i went to an engagement party they had the, the taco guy in the backyard and uh you had your three choices steak pork and a chicken two steak one pork please yeah, yeah. good call I'll I'll do I'll do everyone one better. My power rankings: steak, pork, fish, chicken. And I'm not even a big fish guy. It's yeah. just fish makes a better taco. A fish taco. I can take the fish taco and I can intersplice it. I might go steak, fish, or steak, pork, fish. Either yeah, way, yeah. fish is above it. Nothing against the chicken. The chicken yeah. is a good plate somewhere, but not. Not like, a good, not it's good not taco. the best taco. Not I'll good eat taco. it. I won't choose it. Right. That's right. Right. I'm not going to buy it. All right. If so it's, if it's a free buffet, um, we have. So <laughs> we we didn't. I don't know, we'd get into the uh, hammer price of the uh, Newman watch and all that's gone on. When do I get my car back from New York City? Oh, you want it back? <laughs> I need my 935 back. <laughs> it's out of the showroom, and it was back at the shop where the guy with the flatbed had it. You know, put the. The nose and stuff but back on. Right now, there's a special needs kid sitting in it going, <laughs> like sawing away at the wheel when it's not running. Yeah, I don't think he's special needs. He, he's is. Just a, he he's is. the guy who drives the flatbed. No, his kid's <laughs> in there, and he's sawing away at my wheel. I want that thing back. Uh, so I got a tweet over the weekend that said that, uh, oh, they featured the uh, Newman watch in a uh, CBS Morning 
whatever. My first impulse, I have two, I have two thoughts when people send me these things. Like, hey, Sunday morning, CBS, did you see it? 7 a.m. You know, my, I have two thoughts, which is thank you for sending me this video clip. And the next one is, what a loser. What are you doing watching CBS at 7 a.m.? <laughs> so when I came in on Sunday and I saw you at like noon and you're like, did you see the CBS thing this morning? I was like, this morning? <laughs> and that was my thought too. I was like, I didn't see it this morning. You're like, no, somebody tweeted it. I was like, oh, yeah. so did I see the tweet? I will. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a cool thing. It shows the car. It shows the watch. It tells the story of the watch. It, it was like four and a half minutes. I, I told Gary to whack it up into three and a half. It shows the security thing where if you reach for the watch, it goes down. It's into called the it. Raptor. It's uh, called the Raptor. Yeah, Hublot, the watch company, made it. And, oh, the Raptor. And, and they borrowed it from them, and it's it's fantastic. You just as soon as you get your hand close to the watch, the watch sucks down into this this podium, which is like a vault, the really Raptor. fast. Let me say this: <laughs> I do this thing where in the '60s everything was sonic space age, like in the '50s and '60s, yeah. like sonic space age satellite. Yeah. Then when he got to like the 70s, it was all turbo this and turbo that. Then in the 80s, it was all stealth. Yes, stealth. Stealth stealth cars, stealth radar detectors, like stealth cologne. Like everything was like stealth. (laughs) Since 2010, it's all been Raptor. 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 We have these weird, we're stupid, right? Like we pick a dinosaur from two billion years ago and it gets hot for like 10 minutes. Like, hey, it's named everything Raptor everything. (laughs) We're stupid, right? Okay. All right. Uh, I will play the clip. It, it works. You can go to uh, carcastshow.com. Yep, that's our site. And check that out. But uh, <laughs> you can also just listen to it. It kind of it lays out the story of the watch. And then I want us to all guess. This is a after, after the auction after interview the auction. kind of recap. You guys, I'm looking at the, my taco-loving team over there. What? Uh, let's try to figure out what was given to the Newman charity. Because a portion, I've looked. Of, I've had no success thus far. I, I know asked, you're. I know you're I, vexed by this. I asked Sylvester Stallone over the weekend. I literally said to him, uh, "I said, Sly, what percentage went to charity? What one percent?" I was like, <laughs> "You really think?" Well, yes, I do. You watch this thing, you might think it's a much higher percentage. This guy is uh, presenting himself in in a in a light. If it's fifty percent, I think. You say it. There's a press release for it. If it's fifty percent, right. okay. Right? I'm looking all look. All look, it's as Stallone is my good friend Sly said the other night. He just said, Well, that's a hundred and seventy thousand dollars more than they had, yeah, before the watch was sold. And like, I, I'm for that, like, I never want to poo poo that. But the problem was the watch was given to the guy, like, the watch yeah. was free. And when someone gives it to you, it's much different than you even spending $20 on it. Because you spend 20 bucks, that's a return on investment. Have it for free, that's a little bit different. We've got to see if this, is, if this is a real nonprofit and, and they report their financials as a nonprofit. You wait six months or three months or whatever, and you pull the report and you see how much was donated and see if there's a big lump sum in there. And, uh, That'd be interesting. And look, I don't begrudge it. Uh, I, you know, if it's ten percent, it's one point uh, seven million dollars and change or whatever. Well, okay, but that's with the fees. I that's think it's based fees. on hammer. Sorry. So let's it's call it hammer. fifteen it's one point five or whatever. Yeah. All right. Here's a little story. You can hear a story about the watch and how it works. A little over a week ago, at the Phillips Auction House in New York City, a trove of fifty wristwatches was up for sale. 
But the star of the show, with its own special room and a high-tech security system, Raptor. was yeah. a certain Rolex. <laughs> For decades, actor Paul Newman Pause wore... It. You know, it'd be funny. So there was a shot of the reporter, the cute reporter, going up to the box where the where the watch was being displayed, and she made a move to grab it and went away. And she went like, oh, darn, get next time. I'd like to see a scenario where she actually was successful, got the watch, and immediately two huge black dudes beat the shit out of her. Like just fucking wearing uniforms with their sleeves rolled up just on top of her with batons out, like pepper spraying, and just beating the holy shit out of her. That'd be funny, right? That's the raptor. That'd be, that'd That's be, the raptor. That'd be funny. All right, sorry, continue. For decades, actor Paul Newman wore this Rolex Cosmograph Pictures Daytona. Pictures of Newman in his fire suits. Of auto racing while filming the 1969 film Winning, in which he starred alongside his wife, Joanne Woodward. She gave her husband a watch to celebrate his new hobby, inscribed with a hidden message. Here, beautifully engraved on the back, it reads, Drive carefully, me. So sweet. Me being Joanne. Joanne. The Rolex Cosmograph Daytona wasn't a bestseller when it debuted in 1963, but worn on the wrist of Paul Newman, it became the epitome of cool. In fact, it became Hold known on, as Hold on, pause it the there for a second. That's a great photo. The epitome cool is interesting because it was always Steve McQueen being the king of cool. And I always speculated that Newman was going to catch up to McQueen or pass McQueen. But this sort of king of cool was a weird thing because McQueen was always the king of cool. Like that's how they yeah. always always say it. Um, it's weird that they just called him the the uh, epitome, epitome of cool. Like I like they're somehow now they're taking this cool thing and they're building a bridge from Newman to um, <laughs> they're, building, they're building a bridge from uh, Newman to McQueen. It's funny. I showed this uh, special to Lynette and she went. Um, she went, so that guy who sold the watch got to keep all the money? I said, well, most of it. I said, but the bigger stories, we own all the, we own all the cars. And she went, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But how much did he get? (laughs) Yeah, but how much did he get? We don't know. All right, sorry, keep rolling. (laughs) In fact, it became known as the Paul Newman Watch. But after the star's death in 2008, the watch that started it all seemed to have vanished. Well, I was about 15 years old, and I was at a, a There's our car in the background. James Cox, yeah. who met Newman in the late 70s. <clears throat> I loved cars and, and racing, and Paul was racing. I spotted Paul sitting after he had just gotten off the track with his car, and he just gestures for me to come under this barrier to get a better photo of the car. The story takes another turn a few years so he later. Meets Paul before when at college, Cox met a girl named Nell Potts. But what he didn't know was that Nell Potts was a stage name. And only later, when they were dating, did he learn her real name, Nell Newman. He also got to know her father. One summer, I offered to rebuild this treehouse that was kind of a classic feature on the family property. It ended up being just Paul and I, and I would work on the treehouse during the day, and he would often come over at the end of the night and just check on my progress. He comes over one one day, and he says, James, you know what time it is? And I'm like, no, I'm not wearing a watch. And he says, well, he takes his Rolex off. He says, if you 
remember to wind this, it tells a great time, and hands it to me. And then he proceeds to show me how to wind it and took a little time with me. For years, Cox wore the watch, even after he and Nell Newman broke up, until he discovered the Rolex had taken on a legendary life of its own, which is why he decided to sell the watch, in part to benefit the charitable foundation of his lifelong friend, Nell Newman. And I have a commission bid at one million U.S. dollars. Ten days ago, buyers from around the world got their chance to bid on the Paul Newman watch. 13 million, 14 million, 600,000, 15 million. Final price, 17.8 million dollars. It is history now. The highest price ever paid for a watch at auction. I guess he was sitting next to Nell for yeah, the they were there. for the event. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious to figure out. Look, it's all gravy, but boy, According to my calculations, he just put ten million bucks in his pocket. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah. Look, it's not quite the same thing, but uh, many years ago, my uncle uh, Vince uh, Bruno they gave me a decorative popcorn tin. Yeah, how's you know, that? Well, it had cheese, it had the caramel, and then just the regular butter. Yeah. So, which know. one of those is the chicken taco of a popcorn? The chicken <laughs> is, I think, the regular. I think you got to go right? caramel. Cheesy popcorn, yeah. but I'm saying all well, there are many things of value handed down from fa- family right. to family, and I, I still have that popcorn tin, and I cherish <laughs> it, and I don't know what it's worth. No, I probably, mean not, probably not as much. Probably not as much as the watch. We could take it to auction. My dad gave me. Uh, let's see <laughs> nothing. <He> made, <laughs> no, hold on. He made spaghetti for me once. <laughs> So there was that. And then um, my mom had a, uh, she sold this VW square back. Hmm. I got to think about that. She used to, she made spaghetti too once. So, you know, these are things, a value that we obviously have. And we pass back and forth. It's from not nothing. Genera- <laughs> spaghetti is something. <laughs> when my grand, my grandparents died, when my grandmother died, my, my, uh, sister and her husband at the time went in and cleared out all the cool stuff of their house but uh i did get a uh, lucite or a glass cube it's a glass cube that had like something in it like a paperweight you know you know how you need paperweights oh, yeah. these days yeah. like I need you know like you're paper. sitting at your office and the wind kicks up and you're like <laughs> wow this thing's flying everywhere yeah i got a cube i got this uh glass cube i don't know if it's worth as much as to watch we're never going to find out because mm. that thing ain't for sale Right, you know no, what I mean? You can't sell unless that. someone wants to give me eleven dollars, in which case I'll fucking bring it to your house. How about that, <laughs> I'll just build you a treehouse. <laughs> I'm gonna get that. Yeah, thing for free. yeah, awesome. All right, uh, let's see. We got questions, so there, there went the watch, and uh, that's exciting, exciting news for us. Have no idea what it means, but uh, it ain't a bad thing. That's for uh, that's for damn sure. Way over your uh, prediction too, right? Yeah, the predictions were. I think I had like eight point five or something, eight point seven or something, something of that nature. Uh, I, you went a little higher. I went ten. Yeah, you went ten. Max Pata went like uh, a do- and a dollar more than yours yeah. or something, right? That's right. Strategy. Yeah, you had eight point seven, Adam. Yes. Um, well, I'm glad couple- we were all wrong. Mm-hmm. And me too. <laughs> and also, the way I'm wired is. 
I would never go $15 million and then go, eh, one for 11. Like, I'd much rather just say, let's, I'll call it 8 7 and, and pray it goes for twice that. And uh, with, the, with the hammer, it went pretty much almost exactly half. I was pretty much at just the halfway point. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. 15 5 hammer? Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry, with the with the at with the the buyer's premium. With the buyer. fee, yeah, with the fees. The premium is twelve and a half percent. There's a lot of fees, yeah. by the way. Imagine the guy's got that watch and he's walking around and he's got some other blowhard at some cocktail party and that guy's like, Look at this, I got this uh, tag hour or this Rolex or whatever and he's like, uh paid uh one point five million for yeah. it and he goes <laughs> Oh, that's cute. That's almost the commission on the watch I bought. (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. So if I sold that watch, and then let's say, what'd you drive here, Bentley? Okay, if I sold the Bentley and the watch, I could almost get to the commission I paid for my watch. If you give me four of those watches, I can pay the taxes on the watch that I just sold. Right. (laughs) The other guy sold. (laughs) All right. Let me tell you about Simply Safe. Oh, I understand why some people may be put off by uh, security systems, slimy sales guys, long-term contracts, expensive installations. Why bother? Let's go with Simply Safe. Do it yourself these days, man. The people listening to this program don't mind rolling up their sleeves and getting to work and uh, you set up your own system. And it's easy. You don't even have to roll up your sleeves. Uh, you just order it online. You set it up. It comes to your house. It takes about an hour. Uh, your family gets 24-7 protection. It is... Uh, the batteries last up to 10 years. So if you're thinking about how's it work with no wires, no Little batteries that last up to 10 years. Peel and stick, got the 3M sticky tape on there. You uh, get 10% off at simplysafe.com slash Adam3. Great sponsors, good company, been with us for a long time. Get the 10% off. Don't pull the wires. Get a break on your renter's insurance. Simplysafe.com forward slash Adam3, T-H-R-E-E. And uh, save that money, or you can grab it over at your local Best Buy. But we like you to go online and get it and let them know you got it here at uh, Adam 3 and save that 10%. Yeah. Now we need that all over the shop in the other room. Now that the watch is really expensive. You yeah. got helmets and driving suits. We need the Raptor. <laughs> we need the Raptor. <laughs> we need the Raptor. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. We got questions. We got other stuff. We got SEMA to talk about. What SEMA, do we got? Oh, yeah. SEMA was, SEMA was great, you know, except for your phone thing. It kind of kind of put us in a debacle. <laughs> the phone thing was, there are many things in life I'll never really understand. And, like, the phone is kind of one of them. Like, I, I realized, you guys tell me now if you think this is a problem. I realized where I went south with the phone. I went south with the phone because the town car that picked me up had the divider in the back seat where you can put the bottle of water yeah, pulled okay. down. And the phone, if you set the phone down next to you or it falls out of your pocket or whatever, can slide under that because it has a gap. It doesn't sit right on the back seat. Right. It has a, like a little space there. So when I got out of the car, and I always do what I always do, is I turn around and look and I scan, and it's all black interior and the phone's white, and I don't see it, I realize it slid. Like the Murphy bed cup holders? Yes, like- <laughs> right. Yeah. It slid under the Murphy bed cup holders in between. Yeah. So four and a half minutes later, I'm passing through security, and I immediately realize, oh, I don't have my phone. Yeah. 
but I don't have any way to to call anybody or call tell anybody. anybody or tell anybody. I don't even know people's phone numbers anymore. And I'm on yeah. the, I'm on the <laughs> other side of security, so I get to the other side of security. And I'm like, I don't have my phone. I don't have a contact. I know it's in the backseat of the car. So I start kind of going through these scenarios. Like, well, the driver's gonna see it or his next fare is going to yeah. he's not a cab driver but the next client's going to get in the car and they're going to see this phone sliding around in the back and they're going to go hey i found the phone yeah. and and then he's going to give it to his boss or, or drop it in the mail or whatever he's going to fedex yeah. or whatever i'll pay him whatever i'm thinking about it. i gave him a 20 dollars tip and i remember thinking good i'm glad i gave him a tip now he's going to he's going to be yeah. motivated yeah. to take care of me and i got home and it was halloween and I sent – I didn't have a phone at home either. I didn't have a landline at home. And Lynette – How'd you get home? Yeah, I'm really surprised that you made it that far. Yeah, how'd you – like, did somebody pick you up? You didn't get an Uber. How'd you, no phone, no Uber. No, I, I parked my car Oh, you okay. in valet because I was gone for not, s- yeah, seven hours, yeah. four okay. hours or whatever it is. <laughs> so I just got my car, drove home. Lynette, whose phone I probably would have used, was in New York, so she wasn't home. Right, okay. And then the kids had to go like – like uh, trick-or-treating or whatever. And I sent an email to Matt and Matt, Matt, my assistant, and Matt oh, Matt sitting next to me at like 7.30 at night that said, phone's in the back of the car. Can you contact whoever and do whatever? And then I got up at like 8.30 in the morning. I checked my emails. I sort of half expecting a talk to the guy. He said he's going to FedEx it or whatever. And I didn't hear anything from Matt or Matt. So I was like, huh. So then I realized now there's been a little time between the time I left the phone and the time this guy was driving the car. Like, I thought maybe we could catch him that night or something like that. I look back on it. It was Halloween night. I'm guessing people went out, had drinks, got to costume parties or did whatever. They weren't checking their emails. Or maybe you thought Matt was going to do it. Matt thought you were going to do it or something like that. Yeah. I didn't. So there's nothing. Because your email said I left my phone in the car. I don't. I don't know the car service. I don't know the name. I didn't set up any of that. There was nothing we could do. Uh, the guy, somebody called you uh, when I landed. That's why I thought you had that information. Like when I landed at at McCarran, I believe we spoke. I believe we did, or maybe it was Fondalier. I, I thought you said the guy called, or, or you, you called the you, guy, but the yeah, guy didn't answer some, his phone, or something like that. There was some discussion of you trying to orchestrate this guy yeah so i thought you had that information maybe matt was at a party or something look fine so i get up next morning it's like 8 30 and no phone stuff so then i alert probably you and matt again saying what's going on now it's nine the next morning matt gets on it and matt they do the thing where it's like yeah i called they said they're gonna try to find the driver they can't find him give him an hour yeah, but Fondalier can also track your phone and lock it out. And I and didn't know. Do, yeah. I didn't know. He didn't know. I don't think he knew that. I, I I certainly didn't. He didn't. Gary knew that, but Gary wasn't on the loop in in the loop at that point. Oh, okay. So Matt evidently didn't have the track the phone, lock it out part, or maybe yeah. Well, everyone should have told everyone to do everything. I didn't <laughs> know I could do it. You could have told Matt to track it and lock it out. Maybe you know. I didn't know there was such a thing or that Gary yeah. signed me up for the track and lock thing. Either way, couldn't get hold of the driver. They said, like, call back in an hour. 
Then like an hour and a half went by, and I sent a sort of email to Matt like saying, I don't know what's going on, but we need to fix this. So the fact that they, they do this go away, move, but we're not, we can't go away. I don't have my phone. And I need to know, like, do we need to just go buy a new phone? Right. I, I need to figure what's going on. Plus, like, your phone doesn't have a passcode on it. So, I mean, this guy right. had access I would have just found it and just started calling Kimmel. I'd be like, hey, yeah. this is Adam. What are you doing? What are you wearing? <laughs> I didn't think it, I, I didn't think it, fe- it fell into nefarious hands. I was just like, somebody's not on the ball. Someone's not acting like, actually, nobody's acting like, this guy doesn't have a phone. Everyone's kind of, well, when the driver wakes up, he <laughs> yeah. can, he'll check it out or whatever. Tough loss, yeah. And then the driver went out and looked, evidently, and the answer was no phone. Right. So uh, that's, of, of course, the, this, the car services. I, I, don't, I don't know how people run businesses and stay, stay afloat. Like their, their thing was like, don't bother us. Uh, when I landed at the airport, we couldn't. Get, they couldn't get hold of the driver. He couldn't get hold of them. Like there's a lot like of a, calling that company and them not answering phones. And and that's also a lot of like, uh, yeah, we can't get hold of the driver. Like I, I don't know. As a car company who provides services, picking up rich people from the airport, maybe yeah. you might want to work on that modality where you you can, drive, you answer the phone, where you can talk <laughs> to your to the people who drive the cars. Because now I'm just standing by baggage carousel eight and i have no idea what's going on but we don't know because you don't know because you can't contact the drivers but anyway he checked no phone go away was kind of the thing and and i was like how is it that this phone was sitting in the back seat of this car this guy went and checked no phone it didn't fall out on the sidewalk and yeah. I didn't have it when I was in security, and I was talking on the phone when I got into the car. So it's in the car. How can it not be yeah. in the car? He left out one crucial fact, which is he leaves it with a cleaning s- uh, a service at night who cleans the car out, and that guy found the phone. Yeah. They park the cars, and a guy comes in, works the graveyard shift, cleans all the cars. How does that not cross his mind? Like, that could be weird. Oh, okay, but also, if he goes, I checked the car, I don't have it, you know, call the office, see what they do, you know, whatever. Like, there's another step. I have no... I Well, first off, I'm going to write a book called, Did You... When You Were a Kid... Here's the title. When You Were a Kid, Did You Have Any Idea That Adults Would Be This Fucking Stupid? <laughs> like, as a kid. Like, as a nine-year-old. Like, as a nine-year-old... If a dude drove a car or Drew ran a service or do whatever, they just were that that was the best there was. They were the best. That's what they were professionals. That's what they did. I had no idea that everyone was horrible, fucking horrible at their jobs. Like I had no yeah. idea like just how bad everyone was. Like this the driver was like, uh, hey man, no phone. Anyway, I'm going back to bed. He, he doesn't think, well, you should contact the cleaning service. The guy cleaned the car out. You know, guy, if a guy cleaned the car out at night and I mosey on over at 1030 next morning, I see nothing in the back of the car. You may want to contact this dude. Yeah. He may have found yeah. something. But uh, no, this the story is. So I get the report back of uh, no phone. Driver says no, nothing in the car. So, of course, I'm now at this crossroads I now live at. I now live at this crossroads, which is I know what happened, and I'm getting a report that says something else happened, except for I know there's only one play here. 
the fucking phone was in the back of this guy's car. Now, where is it? I don't, I don't think that, you know, his second client, Thurston Howell the fifth yeah. sat down and went, oh, a free phone, lovey. All right, well, let's take – this is how we got rich. No, if any normal human – any client who could afford a town car, it was being picked up at the airport. The next person who slides in a car is going to find a phone and go, oh, hello, hey, driver, somebody must have left. Here you go. Here's the phone. I already have 10 of them, yeah. Here yeah, right. Yeah, take this one. I got a five burner, so here, take this one. So I'm like, no, phone's got to be in there. And then, of course – Gary, who shows up late to the story, goes, well, let me just use our tracking device on it. I'm like, because I didn't know we had that, neither did, I guess, Matt or anybody else. And he just hits it. And, of course, the guy with the strongest accent in the world uh, picks up the phone. Yeah. And uh, he's just a guy cleaned out the car and uh, took the phone home. Yeah. Can I say this? You know my theory. I'm going to get Gary. Gary spoke to the guy, right? Thick Middle Eastern dude. I think is that the Gary Fonda there? I'll find out. I, here's my theory. Go find out. My theory. My theory is this. I think people hide behind their accents. And here's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I met this guy. Oh, you met this guy. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is like when, he was when, Mexican. He wasn't hiding. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, I read that wrong. He had a, a an accent that was a little hard to pin down. All right. But what I'm saying is like <laughs> when we were in Canada and we did a show at the whatever arena and the town car never picked us up and then finally showed up an hour later where like me and Mike were just sitting outside of the arena like on the curb while everyone had left. And we're like, where were you? And he's like, yes, yes, I'm here. That's, I've, I've come to pick you up. And we're like, yeah, you're an hour late. Yes, it's good. Get in. Get in. Yeah, no, we, we, we've been waiting for an, an hour. No, I've, I've been I'm here. And I circle. I, yeah. you know, no, no, we're sitting in front of the arena. <laughs> yes, come on. It's good. It's good. Come on. It's good. Now, if that's a white guy, like, hey, douche, what the <laughs> fuck? This is bullshit. He, he, he couldn't go, yes, no, it's good. No, it's, it's fine. You like it. This, you like this. Yeah. You know, like, and Mike's like, oh, no, we don't like it. This is bullshit. I, I, I come. I circle, uh, not yet, so now I come. Now we in the car. And they're like, no, no, you didn't circle. We sat here for an hour. You, you went to the fucking airport, made 80 bucks, and came back and yeah. left us on the fucking curb. But he's hiding behind his, eh, it's okay, it's good, it's all right. And with the phone, I think you can kind of do the same thing, where you go like, dude, why'd you take the phone? I'm, yes, I have phone. Yes, it's your <laughs> yeah. phone. That's a gift to you. Yeah, I know, but why'd you take it back? Look, yes, here it is. Here's your phone. So I, what was it, Gary? Like, what What do we think this guy did? So oh. what he communicated to me was that, and it was, it was very, there was not a lot of information coming forth. It was exactly how you're describing it. But he told me, uh, I tried to take to the place. There was no one there, so I take with me. Okay. <laughs> All right. But there's nobody there. Like, they but, don't have a mail slot or, like, uh, there's no, no, one, no one there. So, it, by the time we figured this all out, and finally there calls me, he's like, you've got to get the phone. We're like, we're in the middle of SEMA. We're doing interviews back to back. And SEMA's not easy to get out of and catch a car and come back. Right. So, we worked it out. It's like, we call the guys, like, let's do your interview early. We'll do the next guy a few minutes late. It'll give me an hour to catch a, a, a lift. Out to this, <laughs> I, the Lyft driver came, really nice guy, Jay, the Lyft driver, right? And uh, it's like a computer programmer. And he pulls me up, hi, I'm Jay, where are you going? I type in the address, he goes, you want to go here? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a super shady in the ghetto 
uh, strip mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I just need you to take me to the strip mall. I'm going to pop out for a second, get something, get back in. And he's like, I, I got you. I got you. I was like, no, no, no. It's, it's a cell phone. Coke, it's a right? cell phone. Yeah. I go, it's just a cell phone. So we pull up to the strip mall and, and I'm like, it's unit 20 or something. And this is the address. And I'm on the phone back and forth with Fondelier. And he's like, that's the address. I'm like, we're here and we don't, we don't get it. So I start going into a couple of stores. I'm like, you know, one of them is like this really shady, like you walk up, the door's black and they buzz you in and people are like gambling in there. And then, and I went around to the stores, and I saw in that strip mall a used cell phone store. Mm-hmm. I was like, this has to be it. And I went in there, and some woman's like, no. And I forgot what the guy's name was. Uh, and I was like, is this, is this the guy? Martin, Martin, or whatever. Right. It's like, is this, is this him? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. I'm like, we're, we're out of time. We need to go back. We're going to be late. We're already late. You know. So we start driving away. Finally, there calls back and goes, I got the guy on the phone. And he goes, I said, what, what, why is he picking up now? He goes, because he works the night shift. He's been sleeping all day. He's well, been I can, sleeping. I can shed a little bit more light on this that you may not have gotten communicated to you. He woke up because this information was all going through a weird filter of Matt and then coming back to me. Adam's phone on the Find My iPhone thing, if you push play sound, it will start making a really loud, annoying sound that won't stop until you do something. And then, so, on, and then on your phone, it says, this phone's been lost. Call this number. Right. When you hit that button, which it'll, is the only thing you can do, it'll call whoever you said. Exactly, call you or was, Fondelier. Which was my phone. Okay. And his phone presumably was on silent or on vibrate or something. But when we hit the thing on Adam's phone, it started playing a super loud thing. And then he got a attention and then he called me and so, then Mac on the phone with him. So now we're in the Lyft driver. We make a U-turn. We go back. I call the guy because I have his number now. And uh, I said, I, I, I don't know where I'm going. And he's like, no, it's, a, it's an apartment. Like, and I said, just meet us at a store. He's like, there's a dollar store, Dollar General. They don't, uh, they don't have some modality for when – the guy cleans out the car every night and inevitably finds prescription glasses or sunglasses or wallet every or night. Phone. That should happen right? every night. Every night, lipstick, whatever. That drunken couples getting in the back and being driven to a casino or something. It's Vegas. Like every night, there's got to be a process. There's no modality of... other than I take the shit home and take a nap. That's the dude. And by the way, if it's sunglasses, are you ever getting them back? Like not well, not if it's something that doesn't animate. If it's a fifty dollar chip, you don't get it back, right? Like it's got to be something that lights up and makes a buzzing noise, right? Uh, look, okay. this guy lives twenty five feet from a used cell phone store. My thought <laughs> is he was going to make a couple of bucks, but he's like, "I'll meet you at the dollar store." We roll up in the lift. I'm in the back. I crack the window down about four inches. I was like, "You the guy." <laughs> He's like, yeah. Slips me the phone. I slip him twenty bucks, and then I go, wait a minute. I was like, how'd you get this phone? And he goes, I clean the cars at night, and then I'm done early in the morning. And and he goes, and I found the phone, and I went to the office. The office was closed. Nobody was in there, so I took the phone home. How does that work? Does he not know the hours of the office? And, and does the office not have and, some protocol that if you find stuff in the back of the car and you want to return to the office, yeah. slide it through this the mail slot or something? Like they don't have a they, their protocol is if you if we're not open, you just go home and take a nap. 
and never alert anyone to any of this. And if anyone calls and says, hey, I need my inhaler, we go, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah his schedule's on the off hours anyway. When he yeah. wakes up, that place will be closed again. He, he had another guy with him. He had backup. He, he had that cell phone protection sell, backup. That guy must Wait, the sell guy who was taking phones. a nap five minutes ago had a had a, per, a dude with him? Yeah, he had he had backup. The guy uh, was off is, to the back a little bit. And uh, we rolled up in like a, I don't know, like an old Ford Fusion or something. And... Uh, and I say, all right, we got to go. We do the interview. I was like, I remember there's a FedEx location at the convention center. So let's let's do that. So we go back. We do a couple of the interviews. We've got time. I grab Chris. I'm like, we've got to make FedEx. Let's go over there. We're there at like 4.15. Mm-hmm. And I was like, box us up. Send it out. He's like, okay. He fusses around for a bit. Bunch of people. He comes back. 4.23. And he's like, picked it up already. FedEx guy's gone. I was like, it's 423. It's like, you got to be at least pick up at five, right? Like, what's going on here? Now, to be fair, we called a standalone FedEx location in Las Vegas, but it wasn't in the convention yeah, center. That was so 530. A different one. That was yeah. My biggest fear was like, with all this fucking time wasting, we're not going to get it to the FedEx. We're not going to be able to overnight well, we, we, it. We ran there. <laughs> to, no, I don't mean know, that. I mean, and, all that. Like, I, I sent and, an email out at 730 at night, and I woke up, and at 9 in the morning, there was nothing going on. There's no phone activity. So, like, for me, it's like, oh, we just wasted a bunch of, right. of time. But, yeah. So, I was like, we just got to get the phone. That's the first step. As long as we have the phone, then we know it's not out there. So, go to FedEx, and the guy's like, picked up already. I was like, why? He's like, I don't know. He's doing his rounds, picked up early, and he goes from here to wherever the FedEx place is. And I said, great. Find a store where the pickup is after five. Types on his computer. None. I was like, okay. What about the airport? There's got to be a FedEx location at the airport where they pick up after five. Like, I could drop the phone off at the airport. He's like, no, can't do it. I was like, in L.A., you could do that. Most regular towns, you can do that. You can find the big FedEx hub, roll in at 7, and, right. and do it. He's like, no. I was like, you're telling me there's nothing. And then I went on my phone and Googled it. There was no other FedEx office. Well, I was you, like, what listen, the hell? You tried. For me, it was like, you know, get it Friday morning. And this was Wednesday. And I was like, what? I can't overnight it from Vegas? Like, you could. That's what I asked the guy. It sounds insane. You could get it from Chicago or New York or Nova Scotia overnight it. I should have just drove it down. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Oh, there was this thing where the guy's like, you can have it Friday morning. I was like, okay, but I'm catching a flight back Friday afternoon. So it, it, yeah. it, uh, I was like, just FedEx it. <laughs> it saved me. It was a good thing. I mean, not the extra couple days, but when uh, New York. <laughs> Lynette was in New York when the uh, terrorist uh, got in the Home Depot mobile and jumped up on the sidewalk. And she's like, how come nobody checked on me? And I'm like, <laughs> "That's a, it's a chick thing, right? Because I never think statistically you were amongst the, especially when five of them were like Argentinian soccer players or something. Like uh, that only leaves three bodies to be accounted for. Yeah. She's like, yeah, well, you had to, what if I was run over by the truck? And I was like, I had the greatest out ever. I was like, I didn't have a phone. Didn't have a phone. I, I I was at SEMA, and then the phone was gone, and I could never, yeah. I could never check with you. Fucking him. DeAndrea missed FedEx. That's what happened. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Either way, the phone's back now, and I don't know what goes on with people. I'm assuming... Look, th- next time, you, you remote lock the phone, wipe it, go buy another phone. Yeah. I, from now on, you just got to... I think you got to know that when something goes wrong with that phone, you got to CC me. 
Just, well, just I didn't get rid know, of it. You could well, go, yeah, go to the store I, I and buy that now. Sure, it's I didn't know bucks, that Matt but. didn't. I thought whatever Matt knew, Matt would know as much as you knew. I didn't know. When it comes to the tech, you can't. I don't think you can assume that. I don't even see my. No, I no, no, not. Not that he knows as much as you, but did he know whatever was performed? Like this thing was outfitted with this or or that. I didn't. I didn't even know that that kind of crazy t- technology even existed. So uh, I should have known. But anyway, look, I shouldn't have left it in the back of the car. It's it's ultimately my fault. It's it's the I got the travel uh, sweat jacket with too many pockets. And uh, the backpack with too many pockets, and I'm constantly feeling like I've uh, got something in some pocket zipped away right, or whatever. Right, right. I checked that backpack when I got to the uh, through security at McCarran. I checked that backpack 29 times because like, there's 55 pockets in it. And I, I told you, I had a situation where I, I had a thing of jerky in that thing, and I checked it on uh, in, in uh, Minneapolis at night. I checked the bag five times. It's like it, the jerky's gone. And like the next day, I was packing and to unzip something, like jerky falls out. Like it's like it's a secret. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's a sorcerer's backpack. It's a secret sorcerer's backpack. Well, All right. Speaking of lean protein and things that are good for you, how about on it, man? You've heard me talk about on it before. Amazing supplements like Alpha Brain. How about the Buffalo Meat Warrior Bars? How about the MCT oil? I've had that stuff, man. I take a swig of that stuff before I leave the house every day. It's good stuff. On it, CEO Aubrey Marcus. He did a take a knee. We talked about uh, what it was like going from college athlete to running a multi-million dollar brand, health brand, and uh, and the dreams. When to abandon the dreams? You guys can listen to a little uh, clip from that show. What I'm trying to say to people because we we always do this. Hey, you got to follow your, those dreams and you got to hang on to them. You got to shoot for the stars. You got to hang on to those dreams. Like I'm saying, no, you don't abandon those things. Just like you did in basketball, just like I did, believe it or not, in football, just like so many other, just like my son will do one day, he will abandon his dreams. They filmed the whole thing. You can watch the entire uh, podcast. And behind the scenes, a little mini doc, free, at onit.com slash Adam. Great company, great supplements, and they have everything over there. Just go to uh, onit.com slash Adam. Save 10% on your entire order. Get that MCT oil. Drew loves that stuff, and you can watch the uh, Take a Knee episode free. Go to onit.com. Slash Adam, man. That's O-N-N-I-T. Uh, you, <laughs> I like that your Uber driver stopped for gas on the way oh to the airport. Oh, my God. That was so, what, what, a, what a tard. Jeez. <laughs> 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 like, I... I'm like, we're going to the airport. You understand that, right? Like, this isn't like drop me off at Ikea so I can walk around for nine hours. Like, the one place you're going to mm-hmm. that's five miles away, and he's pulling in. As he's pulling in, he's like, we got to stop for gas. I was like, I'm going to the airport. Do we really have to? He looks down, and he goes, yes. <laughs> and I was like, fine, fucking do it. Did he know? He, he knew he was taking you to the airport before he picked you up, right? Yes. I put in the address. It's airport. Oh, my God. How, how bad or is it everyone at their job? Like, I don't how? think that even matters whether he knows or not. If he, No, if no. He it, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't it, matter, it, but it, it makes it, it more makes of an it, insult. It makes it worse. And how about I, don't pick me up? How about pass it on to the next guy? Go stop for gas, and three minutes later, you can go and pick up the next guy. I was – and I was talking to, to Matt, and Matt – I said uh, – 
I knew he was heading to uh, SEMA. I was going to meet him and Chris out there the next day, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you had like a noon flight. And it was like 11.10. And I was like, where yeah. are you? And My flight's like, at 11.50. 11.50, and it was like 11.05. And he's like, I'm at the shop. And I'm like, you better get going, man. I mean, you gotta, you're supposed to be there an hour early or whatever. I didn't know you were flying Jet Suite X or whatever yeah. it is. But I was like, oh, you got to get going. And so he's like, yeah, I, I called the Uber. It's going to pick me up. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy who who cuts it close. Like, I'm the guy. Yeah. My my basic thing is, is I'm, if I have a noon Southwest flight out of Burbank, we leave here at 11. And that's like, for most people, that's cutting it a little yeah. close. But you had an 11.50 flight, and at 11.11, you were still hang, hanging here. Yeah, you were on so the phone with me. <laughs> I was on the phone. I was like, you better get going and then he's like yeah the uber showed up and then i hear matt going while he's talking to me and talking to the uber guy just hear him like four minutes later go and i'm i'm worried a little for matt like i'm like that uber better show up you better get going and then i hear him go well do you have to and then he's like i i guess if you have to i mean and then i'm like what's going on he's not he's running late for his flight he's like he's getting gassed and i got a lot of anxiety for you and speaking of anxiety, if you guys would like to really experience a, a modern-day uh, anxiety, um, I had a thing where the car – I got in my car on, that, on, on the Friday when my phone was finally coming back to me. And I had done that thing where I know I live about 11 miles away from the shop – and the mileage thing said uh, I had about 11, or 11 miles left. Yeah. And I was like, these things can go a little bit on zero. But this is a brand new car. Maybe they figured it out where zero means zero. Yeah. You know, like no means no now. And here's anxiety. I'm driving from my house. I am sitting in traffic on the 134 coming here when that thing goes to zero. And I have no cell phone. So now I'm sitting in traffic in this Jag, and I'm looking at zero mileage left. And I got to get from the 134 to the 5 and get off the whatever exit. I got about two miles, two and a half miles to go. But I'm looking at zero. But the no cell phone part. That's the part that's causing that's the crazy. That makes you sweat. Now, the cell phone <laughs> is waiting for me if I can get to my destination, which is here. Yeah. But I'm thinking... If this thing just dies, what is my move? Like, start walking? Like, what? Because that's, you don't realize that cell phone is such a security blanket. No, you, you could walk to a place that has a phone, but who are you going to call? You don't have, you don't, rem- I don't remember any phone numbers anymore. Right. And what would you call and who would you, whatever. Yeah. But yes, the, the like, modern day anxiety is the mileage on zero and the no cell phone on you all the all the cars now they they have that distance to empty calculator but the only time you really care to use it is when you have like one mile left and it just flashes it just flashes dashes at you i'm like how i only need to know the last couple of miles and that's when it's like we can't estimate that much right so (laughs) yes i'm not yeah because when you have 287,000 on your range, you're no one's thinking, well, I work 11 miles away, so that'll be 267 or 280, 272. Like, nobody cares. You yeah. only pay attention 
for the last five miles yeah. on that thing. And I've now bottomed out two cars. I put, I put, I put them both on zero. <laughs> and I'm surprised it says, does it say zero? It, it says zero. Oh, that's it says good. zero. Oh, the, the Mine says zero. And I had a Lexus that said zero. And the Lexus, I drove around for about eight miles on zero. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if it'd be worth it, but it would be worth it to get that thing down to zero, throw a can of gas in the trunk, and literally just circle your your house until that thing ran out. Like, I go, did that. Like, I get, oh, I'm curious now, because yeah, I want to know, like... That sounds like a nice Thursday for you, Gary. When that thing hits zero... <laughs> to be fair, I was 16 and a half, and I had nothing but time on my hands and was just obsessed with driving. the idea that you had a car that even had that at 16 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a, a stick for a gas gauge when I was 16 and a half. Oh, and I didn't have a car. So wh- what did you find out? How BMW? No, 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 the Jeep. Um, yeah. It was 17 miles. Wow. It's pretty far. Yeah. Straight and, six? Uh, no, it was a V8. Um, it was a 4.7 liter V8. But uh, I, yeah, it just... Was it, it a Cherokee? It was a Grand Cherokee. Oh, Grand Cherokee. A baller at 16. <laughs> wow, Jesus. that's a sweet I ride. Was very spoiled. No kidding. Um, right. But yeah, 17 miles. And it forever changed my relationship with that gas gauge because I would, and you know, it would freak my friends out and stuff. But like, I, I knew. I knew I had at least 15 miles. Well, right. if you're a little experiment, yeah. Yeah, I like that. You probably had a cell phone on him, though. You probably so had yeah. a cell phone yeah. on him. Yeah. No, absolutely. I had a cell phone, for sure. <laughs> for sure, man. That's how I want to get my thrills. Forget skydiving. You could go free climbing or you could get... Uh, behind the wheel of that jag zero it out leave your cell phone in vegas and just gets boxed in on the five see how you feel man yeah. just stared at that thing let me tell you about fresh and lean man oh man you want to perform your best physically and mentally you got to give your bodies the best fuel we're just talking about that don't zero it out with bad fuel like we were saying fresh and lean it's a healthy meal delivery service established in 2010 making meals to order from scratch with organic ingredients the meals are packaged in vacuum sealed trays delivered in a refrigerated box anywhere in the u.s no prep no shopping no cooking no cleanup no nothing you take the meals anywhere in a freezable lunch bag and you get good nutrients and you can get 15 percent off meal plans just check it out you go to Fresh and Lean, Fresh, and it's got the letter N, Fresh and Lean, dot com, forward slash CarCast. Use a promo code CarCast, save the money, and then tweet me and tell me how much you love Fresh and Lean. Fresh and Lean, dot com, slash CarCast. Use a promo code CarCast and get the 15% off of the meals. Uh, you went out at uh, SEMA. What, 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 were you, what, what impressed you at SEMA? You know, um, First of all, if you if you if you haven't listened to it already, Chris posted several shows. We had three shows from last week, our Optima thing, and then two days of just interviews going booth to booth. We sat down with Ring Brothers and John Hotchkiss and and uh, and guys from Height Suspension Brembo. and Brembo, um, which is always a fun interview with those guys. Um, there was a uh, a Porsche in the I think McGuire's booth, the Gunther Porsche. It was like a ninety five air-cooled Porsche, but done up to almost like singer style. That mm-hmm. was amazing. Uh, Ring Brothers always crush it. We went over and uh, got a chance to look at their Javelin 
that they made there, uh, which is way oh, over the top. Oh, they unveiled that, yeah. Yeah, it was like a, for a press tone, and uh, that thing was cool. Um, for f- probably the standout car, if you're going to win SEMA this year, it was Rob Ida's Tucker, completely hand-built Did he scratch. win in that car? I don't know what he won, but like for me, if, you know, if you're going to win SEMA, that's the car. That car was so cool, and it's, it's a weird thing where – you know, he didn't start with a Tucker. He had to rebuild everything from scratch. Everything on that thing is just is is just hand built, fresh and new, uh, and it was amazing. He did such an, a crazy job. And you went over and you, we we got a little tour of the car. He has a Cadillac engine in it. And he put twin turbos on it, and he did a rear mid yeah mount. Mm-hmm. So it's like a front wheel drive Cadillac engine, but yeah. moved to the back. Crazy. And uh, uh, just everything he had, he make the transmission work. Um, it was cool seeing that. And um, I think what I liked about it was, you know, Porsches and and things like that have been showing up at SEMA for years, but they're always like in the wheels and tire booth. It's like somebody rolls out a cool Porsche or a Ferrari, they slap wheels and tires on it, and they put it out in South Hall. Right. But now we're starting to see. Porsches and Datsuns and like now this coach Bill Tucker start making it into Central Hall where all the real custom builds are happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we're we're definitely seeing more interesting platforms other than just, you know, boss Mustangs and, you know, late, we saw, late what, 60s Camaros. Four or five, like 240Zs, and Troy Ermish brought an amazing 510 out there, one that yeah, he built. Yeah, you sent a few pictures of it to me. And uh, and he won, like, top 10 import car of, of SEMA or something like that, or he was in one of the top 10 of that. Yeah, it, 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 I think you and I always have the same feeling. It's kind of like the difference in terms of programming, in terms of NASCAR, NASCAR, and NASCAR, and then guys with tattoos on top of their hands arguing in a shop. Like, there's so much more out there that's so much more interesting. Could we see some more of that? Could we see yeah. some more interesting builds and interesting platforms and less with the, you know, start off life as a boss Mustang and then we did a, a LS a crate engine swap, yeah, yeah. whatever. It's like, just stop it. Let's get Get, let's do some more interesting things with more and, interesting platforms. And check out this BMW. It's on my Instagram, Chris. It's, uh, it's It looks like a Batmobile kind of BMW uh, on my Instagram. I made a post, like two or three images of that. You guys can go to my – look up uh, Motorator on Instagram. And They look, had a BMW, Batmobile? Uh, look at this. this oh, is, my God. And then there's a – They did it in a gray – yeah. yeah, I, I don't, don't know if there's more. That. There's how, probably two, three images. I don't know if you can click. The, how come you didn't send me that one? That's cool. So it's wait, done I up. went back on Friday the next day and got pictures when I was walking through. It's done up like a Group Five. Yeah, it's big, big wings, big early seventies, three point oh, three point five. But it's got the big wings and had center lock. Now, now that that's and cool. It's got right? a big modern straight six, which it had, but modern engine with turbo on it and stuff. Now, see, my feeling is. Back in the day, you could go to uh, carcastshow.com and take a look at these things. Uh, I could see a few more pictures of that car if you got it. My my feeling is, back in the day, perfect example of a car of a much more interesting platform to jump off of than a fastback Mustang. Back in the day, you tell me if this sounds inaccurate. If you built that car and you don't build that car for 
a penny under a buck fifty, buck seventy five. Like just you just can't. Yeah, right? done to that quality. Done to that quality with all that innovation, whatever turbo, everything else. You build that car ten years ago. You put a buck fifty, two hundred into it, and you expect to get sixty to, to eighty out of it if it if it went at auction or whatever. Right. I think now if you do a job and a really good job on a car like that and you put a buck seventy five into it, you could get two fifty to three hundred out of it if it, it sold it, you know, I, I, I think, we're, I think we're definitely getting there. I think um guys like Ring Brothers moved a few cars at Barrett Jackson, pulled some pretty decent money. We're starting to see uh some of the Boyd Coddington cars from back in the day becoming valuable again and moving at some of the auctions and 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 now the you know look at the quality of these cars that are showing up at SEMA. Unbelievable. Like these things are yep. insane, right? So they're to me they're they're worth pretty good money. It's a very interesting thing is take any three liter, you know, BMW tub, put the full kit on it and then just do the whole do the whole nine yards. Did you take any pictures of the inside of the car? I don't think I did. I think I just got that's crazy. Maybe the three, maybe on my bigger gallery, my face. Beautiful page, looking but, car, uh, and an interesting choice to paint it that sort of blue gray and not do yeah, the whole BMW. I, it, it almost had kind color. of like a like a mint to it, but I I don't remember if that was the actual color or we were under a blue tent because it was outside and oh, like this right. Toyo hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think it had I think those had like pictures the BBS with the center locks on there. Yeah, so that was a cool car too that that really stood out. And I, the point is that we got to walk around a little bit. Um, before catching the flight and take another, you know, 30 or 40 photos and uh, and seeing more variety of make and model. All right. Give a little love to uh, Geico. Yeah. You? So uh, everybody's got a to-do list. You know, you can uh, not lose your iPhone. You can not miss FedEx. And now you can uh, save hundreds of dollars on your yeah. car insurance. You don't have to drop off or pick up anything. <laughs> which yeah. is great. Just go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on your car insurance. If you need some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to do you can do today. Go to geico.com. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, you can go to adamcrolla.com, Levity Live, doing a live podcast this Sunday, November 12th, and then the Ice House, November 21st. And go to Corolla Drinks and check out all the stuff and say hi Brooklyn, New York, me and Dennis Prager, November 29th. Go to Chassis.com, see all the new movies and things we have on there. Shift and Steer, listen to Matt's podcast as well. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla. For Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.